Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Well, good morning, Grace Church and uh, everybody that is joining us online. Just want to say thank you so much for being here today. And uh, I don't know about you, Tina, but I sure do miss our church family. So much. Yeah. So much. What do you think about all this? Um, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just miss everybody so much. Just want to welcome everybody this morning. Um, just really miss everyone so much. Yeah, Tina, um, she made several phone calls yesterday to um, just some of the elderly in in our, our church, and this is something that we plan on doing every single day. And um, it's amazing to me what a simple, you know, conversation can do, just reaching out to, you know, our, our church family in a time like this, right? Yes. A lot of people just, you know, called you back and, and just said how much they appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. Why don't you just go ahead and open us up in prayer, if you would, this morning. All right. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. I just yes. ask, Lord Jesus, that you just... Um, Use Travis uh, in a mighty way, Lord God, um, just to reach the hearts of everyone out there, Lord God. We just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Love you. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this is super exciting. You know what I'm, I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for technology. This morning, I was just kind of watching, you know, some different churches out on the East Coast. And, and anyway, I love the idea that the church is not in the building, but the church is is you. And, um, and it's me. And how many of you know that every single time that um, the church is put under pressure. You know, I would call this a pressure for sure, but every single time that the church is put under pressure, it always thrives. But I wanted to start off this morning just by asking you, you know, how are you dealing with your, you know, with your, with your quarantine? We're about five days or four days into this thing. We've got you know, about uh, about 17 days more to go. And and uh, and how have you been? I don't know about you, but we've been getting some things done around the Turner household. And so that's been super exciting. And uh, it is nice to catch up on some additional things. Before I dive into the message as well, I want to just say how proud I am of Grace Church. Uh, I, I've said this from the beginning but I am privileged to pastor uh, what I what I believe to be the best people on the planet out here in Idaho, and um, and I just I just love what our church is doing during this time. You know when 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 other people are worried and stressed out, I feel like our church and and you know the church universal has just really stepped up and and just done some incredible and um, and amazing things. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Um, today, I also have something new. Um, I put my notes out there. And so if you'd like to follow along with um, with notes today, all you have to do is take your cell phone and text the number 208 
481. In fact, I'll put this up here, 208-481-8110. And um, in the body, what I want you to do is I just want you to type the word notes, N-O-T-E-S. Go ahead and follow what's on the screen, 208 481-8110. Fill out the quick form, who you are, your name, email, and then, and then, you know, submit it. And then you can check your email, check your email address. And my notes will be there for you to be able to follow along. And so I really encourage you, um, in, in that this morning, go ahead and, uh, and make that happen. You'll have those notes. Well, I'm excited. We've been in this series called Forgiven, and today is the fifth message of this series. Last week, we learned that salvation is not, uh, or salvation is immediate, but sanctification is a process, right? The, the moment that you believe, the moment that you say, Lord, I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Bible says that you'll be saved. But sanctification or the setting apart or the becoming more like Christ, we need to know that that absolutely is a process. And um, as your pastor, I want to encourage you to enjoy the process, man. Enjoy it. You know, so oftentimes we want to be further along than what we are. And uh, we get kind of disgusted and busted up about where we are. But I'm just telling you this, that Christ is at work in your life and he is making you into his image and likeness and enjoy that. This is going to be a lifelong journey. Amen. Somebody that's been serving the Lord for a while, this is a good time to give yourself a high five and say amen. So um, what I want to talk about today is once you have been forgiven, once you've been saved, come on, how do you strengthen your walk um, with the with the Lord, how do you increase your faith? And and I'm going to give you some basic principles today on how to do that. I encourage you to stick with us all the way through the broadcast because there's not one point that is going to be less than the other. And I've got some really good things for you here today. There's so many people that are struggling today. One of the first questions that I ask people as a pastor. When people are struggling, I ask them two questions. Hey, what is your reading like? How's your Bible reading going? And what is your prayer life like? See, we really can't expect to live that overcoming lifestyle. Um, we can't expect to live that overcoming lifestyle if we're not doing the basic things that the Lord calls and asks us to do. And so I encourage you, come on, to read your word. It's going to be a part of what we talk about today and be a person of prayer. You know, as a pastor, I meet with people from time to time. And, and uh, even though I'm a common man, just like anybody else, I've been tasked with an extraordinary or, or a, a very um, uh, high calling. And, and I believe that the Lord um, gives an anointing to men and women that, that have certain callings. And so I'm not better than anybody. I'm just a, a human just trying to make my way just like anybody. But I do believe that God gives me the ability to direct and give people instruction that is that is biblical instruction. So so it, it's not uncommon for you know me to have a conversation with somebody that is in the middle of struggling, and I'll you know hear from the Lord, or I'll point them you know to some Bible verses, give them some instruction, and maybe a week goes by, and uh, 
After that week goes by, I bump back into them and I say, hey, listen, how are things going? Are you, were you able to follow the instruction? And, they, and, and, and it's amazing to me how many times the answer will be, no, I haven't, I haven't done what you've asked me to do. And then they'll go right back to complaining about how everything is just the same. And I just want to encourage you this, that, that we cannot live the overcoming life once again without doing what it is that Jesus asks us to do. There are rudimentary things that you can do to alleviate, somebody say alleviate, the chaos, come on, in your life. And, um, and I believe that God is calling us back to those basic, those rudimentary things. So I want to share with you this morning quickly, not going to spend a lot of your time here today, so stay tuned in um, quickly, six things that will help you to build a sturdy life. Come on, somebody say sturdy life. Number one is this. Number one is reading God's word. Amen. Six habits to a sturdy life. Number one is reading God's word. I love Jim Ryan said this. He was an Olympic athlete, high school athlete, Olympian. He said, motivation is what gets you started and habit is what keeps you going. Motivation is great. It gets you started. You got to start someplace, but it's habit that will keep you going. And as a Christian, we need to form some habits. I'm going to share with you six of them here today. So the first one is reading God's word. I want to encourage you. We're four to five days into quarantine, kind of, you know, sticking around our families and things like that. Come on, make the rest of this time. The next 17 days, I believe that you can form a habit of reading God's word together. Get your family together, do your own personal studies and devotion. But every single day, let's get into God's word. Let's open his word. Get 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 a real Bible. You know, you can read any anything. You can read it off your tablet and whatnot. But there's something about having the Word of God in paperback form or, or a real nice study Bible in your hands and just beginning to read it. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says this, All Scripture, somebody say all, all means all, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. It's useful for rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. Verse 17 is incredible. It says, So that the servant of God, which is you, the servant of God is me, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped in every good work. I'm telling you what, that God wants to equip you in every good work. And um, I want you to know this, that God's word will help you to navigate any route that life throws at you. Come on, it's like a, it's like a map. There's not one thing, come on, that the word of God will not address and help you out with in life. You can find instruction for everything, encouragement for every single season that you're going through. So not only does it, in, in, you know, it give us and help us with this life, everything that we deal with in this life, but I'm telling you what, it prepares us, come on, for the life that is coming. I'm telling you what, God's word will prepare you for eternity. It was just this last week that I had a chance to go and to visit with a man that was in the middle of transition from this life to the next life. And he could barely, you know, he was so weak and, and, um, and he was, he was dying. And I had a chance just to share the gospel with him. I told him, listen, God so loved you that 
while you're yet a sinner, come on, Christ died for you. I began to share with him that his righteousness isn't in him being able to do good, but his righteousness is applying the blood of Jesus Christ to his life and just simply saying that I believe. And so after about 20 minutes of just sharing God's word with him and sharing scripture and singing some songs with him, I asked him, I said, called him by name. And I said, do you believe in this man? So weak, it couldn't hardly do anything. But I said, do you want to receive Jesus right now? Do you believe in him? And he was able just to kind of shake his head. Yes. And I was like, praise the Lord. And, and so I got a chance just to, just to walk him through a prayer. You know, he couldn't really say it, but I knew he knew you know, what I was saying, and he was in agreement with it. And immediately when I was finished with that prayer, the Lord gave me a vision. And this doesn't happen often. I wish it happened more. But the Lord gave me a vision, and that vision was this, that I'm going to, when I go to heaven, I'm going to see this man, and this man's going to come running up to me, and he's going to embrace me. He's going to throw his arms around me. And, and man, as I got this vision, my eyes just started to leak just a little bit. And I started to cry because I was so grateful. A, that showed me that this man was going to heaven, but it B, it, it showed me that I was going to be there too. And I was pretty excited about that. But I knew him and he knew me. And I just think that encouraged me. And I shared with this guy's family, you know, what, what that vision was, was all about. But I'm telling you, God's word prepares us now and also for the life to come. Come on, you're a spiritual being. Do not neglect the spiritual side of who you are. You know, we're all, you know, all about, you know, eating properly and whether it's this diet or that diet and exercise and things like that. But I'm just saying this, that don't disregard the spiritual part of you because you're more spirit than you are anything else. Come on, I want to just challenge you right now and the you know maybe you're by yourself, you can think about this or maybe you're with a small group of people, your family. But I want you to converse just for just for about 20 seconds. We're going to take a break here. 20 seconds. I want you to share with one another how you feed your spirit. Share that with the rest of your family. All right. All right. You can continue that conversation um, going forward. The second habit that I want to talk to you about here today is the habit of prayer. And uh, when I was putting this together yesterday, I just began to think how important prayer is. And if I could, if I could, you know, encourage anybody in anything, I would say, you know, cultivate a prayer life. That's one of the biggest things that will help you in, in being a Christian is, is cultivating relationship with Lord, where you're communicating with him and he's communicating with you. I mean, think about this. When God created man, he saw that it was not good for him to be alone and he created Eve and gave them the capacity to love one another, right? So we know that. Um, think about this. The Bible says that every day in the cool of the day that God would go down and he would spend time with Adam and Eve. And, and in this time that he would spend, I want you to picture that it was sweet fellowship. Like God looked forward to meeting with Adam and Eve, I believe, just as much as Adam and Eve looked forward to meet with God. It was sweet fellowship. Why? Because they enjoyed each other's company. They enjoyed each other's 
presence. And, um, and that's really what prayer is. Prayer is, is enjoying one another. Come on, it's taking time to share our thoughts with the Lord. Come on, to communicate with him the good things, the bad things, the ugly things. But it's also taking time, you know, to listen. And so whenever, you know, whenever God begins to speak, that's a great opportunity for us just to be quiet. And another thing that I just want to hit you with is this, that whenever it's your time to talk, when you're when you're conversing with the Lord, let's get rid of the religious talk. Come on. God's not um, he's not um, he's 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 not. You know, he's, he doesn't admire, you know, you know, the fancy words that we share. He just wants you to talk with him. Come on, like he's a friend, because that's exactly what he is. You know, be respectful, honor him above all things, but get rid of the, the religious speaking and just speak from your heart. You know what? It doesn't matter what it sounds like. Communicate with God. Come on to your heart. James chapter five and verse 16, it says this, that the prayer of the righteous person. And I want you to know once again, just like I told that young, that guy that was, that was passing away, um, you know, the prayer of a righteous person. It's not your righteousness. It's his righteousness. So this isn't talking about the prayer of a perfect person. What this is talking about is the prayer of a repentant person. And I want to encourage you to walk in repentance. So it says the prayer of a righteous person, a repentant person has great power and it produces wonderful results. Come on. I want you to know this, that prayer makes the power of God come on available you know, to you. I don't know about you, but I certainly need more of God's power in my life. Amen. One day the disciples came to Jesus and they said, you know, hey, would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said, yeah, I'll teach you how to pray. When you pray, pray like this. And he, and he did the Lord's prayer. And I want to break down six aspects of the Lord's prayer to you. The first one being worship. Come on, he wants us to begin our our prayer with him with worship. He said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed or great is your name. You know, all he was saying here is, God, I just, before I ask anything of you, I just worship you, God. I just thank you, Lord. You are such a good God and you are mighty and you're incredible. Come on, God, there is nobody like you. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are all-knowing, all-powerful. You're all-present. And God, I just thank you that you being so great, that you love me so much. And, and you just begin to worship him. God, I worship you. I praise you. And so that's the first aspect is worship. The second one is strategy. It moves into your kingdom come. Your will be done. When you strategize, what you're saying is, God, I don't want to be a part of my you know, my, my, you know, my plan anymore. I want to be a part of your plan. And so, so listen, I commit to doing what you want me to do. Come on. You're the Lord of my life. And the third part is this provision. Give us this day, our daily bread. Basically what we're doing is we're saying, God, I trust you. This is a good time church to trust God for, for, for he is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh the God that provides all of our needs for us. And so so he is our provision. Come on, he is the one that sustains us. He is the one that gives us what it is that we need. So so give us this day our daily bread. We don't need, you know, daily bread or toilet paper from for 10 months from now. We just need what we need here today. The, the, the sixth aspect is forgiveness. 
It says, forgive us our debt. Come on, as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness. God, you know, our relationship with the Lord, it starts with forgiveness. God, please forgive me of my sins. Our relationship continues with forgiveness. And God expects us also, and this brings about growth and maturity in our life. He expects us to forgive those people that have wronged us. In fact, the Bible says that that if we don't forgive, then how can we expect to be forgiven? I tell you what, man, I don't want to have unforgiveness in my heart for anybody because I want God to forgive everything, you know, every debt, come on, that I owe because I can't pay it. The next one is protection. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Come on, God, I want your protection over my life. You know, you're having nightmares and night terrors and things like that. Lay hands on your head and begin to pray that God, you know, will just will just protect your thoughts. Come on, um, you know, you're having a struggle or a difficulty with somebody at work. Come on, take that thing before the Lord and say, God, this is a battle that I don't need to fight because you're already fighting it on my behalf. Protect me, God, and give me favor. And the last The last thing, it goes right back to worship. I love this. It begins with worship and it ends with worship. Your prayer life should begin with worship and it should end with worship. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. God, you are mighty and great. And once again, I just recognize, come on, your authority. Come on, your awesomeness in my life. And that leads us into the third habit, which is worship. So we've got reading the Bible. Come on, we've got, uh, uh, we've got, we've got prayer and we've got worship. That's number three. Let me go ahead and put this up here for you. Number three is worship. God desires your worship, but if you won't worship him, come on, he requires worship. He desires your worship, but if you won't worship him, he will require that there is worship. You remember that old scripture says that if you won't worship me, I'll cause even the rocks to cry out. And so he requires worship. And I want you to know what worship is. Worship is not a mind thing only. God, I just love you in my mind. Come on, worship is something that radiates clear throughout your whole body, your whole being. Come on, everything inside of you from your head to your heart to your feet. You know what I mean? It's just it's just saying, God, I love you and I worship you. Mark 12 and 30 says this, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. I want you to know that it's a whole being thing. Come on, worship has to deal with every aspect of life and praise even takes it up uh, another, another notch. When you hear the word praise, this is what I want you to know. The uh, praise is always uh, demonstrative. It always creates and, and, and expects and desires physical action. When we praise the Lord, it requires physical response. Come on, maybe you've been in a service at Grace Church when we were able to come together. You know, as a church in the building, in the first time that you were there, you saw people, you know, raising their hands and clapping their hands and shouting. And maybe even some people, you know, I'm thinking of some people, they'll even whistle, you know, every every now and then. And you're like, man, oh, man, I have never been to a church service like this. Come on. Is that you? 
Hey, you know, is that how you, you know, was it a little bit weird and kind of, you know, uneasy at first? Well, I just want you to know that what you're experiencing there and what you're seeing other people do is praising the Lord. And I want you to know that you can join right in with him because the Bible says in Psalm chapter 30 and verse four, it says, praise him with singing. Psalm 66 and one, and, and one says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, give a shout to the Lord. Woo, praise the Lord. Uh, Psalm 47 and one, we clap our hands to God. Come on, it's okay to clap your hands in the house of the Lord. We applaud him. Psalm 149 and verse three says, praise him with the dance. Come on, you wanna do a little jig? Even if it's an ugly dance, you can do a dance as unto the Lord. Psalm 134 and verse two said, lift up your hands. Hands. Come on, this is an act of surrender. But I also think of, Lord, when I lift up my hands, you see that my hands are clean. Not because, not because I'm good, but because you're good. And my sin is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And here, here are my hands. They are clean hands. Come on, because of your blood has cleansed them. And Acts chapter 2 says, lift up our voice to God. Come on, I want to encourage you. I want to take just a moment and encourage you. Over this next 17 days, if you are not a person that really knows how to praise and knows how to worship, I encourage you over this next 17 days just to begin to practice it. Come on, learn to build a habit of praise and worship. Come on, teach your children, bring your family together. And um, and I was just listening this morning to that song, Waymaker. Man, and it just begins to move me. And, and, and you can write in your own house, you know, turn Waymaker on, turn it up, get it on the on the family, you know, system. And, and just begin to, nobody's around, just begin to raise your hand and begin to allow yourself to get into worship. And to enter in to praise. Come on, learn how to do that there so that whenever you come back to church, come on, you're going to be ready as well to worship in the house of the Lord and to praise in the house of the Lord. The fourth habit that I want to share with you is the habit of fasting. Now, listen, don't check out here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I, I believe that fasting is the least popular of all the disciplines. Why? Because it's difficult. This body just, it just, when it's hungry, it's hard to ignore. If it wasn't, if it was easy to ignore, we would, we would have an easier time, you know, living the skinny life. And, uh, but it's not, it's very, very difficult. But I'm just telling you, fasting has been around Old Testament, New Testament. It's been, been around forever. And, um, and I want you to know that Jesus fasted. And this is the deal. If Jesus needed to fast, how much greater do we need to practice fasting? You see, what fasting does is it strengthens the spirit man. We're, we've got a spirit man and we've got the flesh, the old flesh that we fight with. When we subdue our flesh, come on, it strengthens our spirit. We're telling our flesh that, listen, I'm a spirit being and I'm led by the spirit of God that's inside of me. I'm not led by the flesh. And I can keep you at bay. So, so it, it, it gets all that worked out, but it also increases our sensitivity to what the Spirit of God is saying. And so, listen, if, if you've not heard from God or you're having a difficult time understanding what it is that God's saying, the best thing that you can do is learn how to fast and start practice 
you know, fasting. And um, it, it, it sets the captives free and it increases our sensitivity. It's so many things are tied up in, in fasting. The fifth habit that I want to uh, share with you, actually, before I move on to that, this is what your homework is um, here today. Your homework is this, get your family together. And, um, and I want to encourage you to do a study on fasting and then maybe just take one meal as a family, figure that out together. You'll take one meal as a family and say, we're going to skip this meal and we are going to give this time to to prayer and we're just going to trust God to strengthen us uh, where we've trusted in the um, in the food to do that in the past. So number five is this. Number five, we've only got six, so stick with me here. Number five is this, the habit of giving. The habit of giving is the most challenging. Come on, let, let me just say it like this. I want you to really tune in. If you want to move towards financial freedom and financial security, the best thing that you can do to move towards that is start trusting God by giving to him the tithe. That's it. If you want to go move towards it, like if money has always been an issue, come on, I'm telling you, the best thing you can do is trust God with giving. Come on, you want to move towards that? Their scriptures are filled with information on giving. In fact, there's more than 800 scriptures about money. There's over 2,000 scripture that deal with money and things. Come on, it speaks more about money than it does salvation. It speaks more about money than it does prayer. It speaks more about money than it does repentance. Come on, these are huge topics, but the Bible talks a lot more about money. See, I believe that God knew, of course he did because he knows everything, but I believe that God knew that money was going to be an issue, that money was going to be a problem, that the love of money and the trust in money was going to be such a big thing. So he went overboard, come on, to speak clearly about how we're supposed to deal with money. And as we implement, come on, his word in our life, then we're not going to fall into the traps of snares of worshiping, come on, our money or worshiping things. Come on, God knew that the love of money was going to be a problem. So he gave clear instruction on how to deal with it. You know this, but it's clear instruction. It has everything to do with the tithe. Come on, the tithe is the first 10% of all of your increase. So if you get a hundred dollars in your, you know, in your account, the first 10% belongs to God. So $10 of that you give to God and he blesses the 90. And I'm telling you, you talk to any tither, but, but anybody that is, that is, that is, you know, formed this habit in their life will tell you that the 90% always goes further than the 100%. Come on, if you're online, just give me a quick amen so everybody else can see that. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which is the church, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. And try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not pour open uh, the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know, the tithe, why 10? Because 10 is a perfect number. You know, if you're watching the Olympics or an incredible routine or snowboarding, whatever it is, come on, if somebody has a perfect run, that perfect run is is given 
a 10, right? It's a perfect number. But 10 is also a number of testing. You know, I think of, of, of Pharaoh was tested with 10 plagues in the, in the Old Testament. I think it's interesting whenever the children of Israel sent out their 12 spies into the promised land, 10 of them came back with a negative report. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a positive report. Come on, God tests the people, um, you know, uh, you know through, through the 10 commandments. He gives 10 commandments and follow these 10. If you've broken one, you've broken, you know, them all. And God tests. Come on to make sure that he is first in in somebody's life by saying, listen, will you trust me with the tithe? This is the tithe that shows if we ultimately trust God. Come on, fasting and the tithe are two of the most difficult things for us to walk out because there's some sacrifice involved in it. Number six, and this is the last one. Number six is serving. Turn to your friend or your neighbor and tell them we need to form the habit of serving. Come on, it's powerful when one person helps another person. And I just absolutely love this during this time. We're seeing this all over the place. But um, I want you to know that Jesus spent his whole life, come on, healing people, teaching people, serving people, Come on, doing things for people, what they could not do for themselves. He has spent his whole life. In fact, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And God calls us as his children, come on, to be servants of him, to serve our fellow man and to serve, come on, the church and to serve, you know, um, to serve him. Ultimately, just to serve. We've been called to serve in first Peter um, Chapter four and verse 10, it says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And then he says this, use them well to serve one another. Can I just tell you this, that that is God's heart, that we serve one another, that we love one another. And when we serve, we don't serve reluctantly. We don't serve, man, I can't believe I've got to, you know, I've got to do this. But when we serve, we serve with a cheerful heart. The very same way that we serve, we also give. We give with a cheerful heart. You know, I believe this, that the worst depression, the, the deepest depression that a lot of people deal with is whenever they lose their purpose. I, uh, I got a chance to, to uh, speak to a young man just this last week that, that was contemplating suicide and, and he was going through some real difficult times, some real struggles. And, and I just began to recognize that what he was, what he was missing was he was missing, um, you know, purpose. He was missing that, that, you know, there's really nothing, you know, if this doesn't work or if this isn't going to work out, then there's really nothing more for me. And so I had to remind him of the purpose. Number one, he's got some kids and, and I just reminded him how important he is for, for his children and, um, and that they, they need their dad and, and that they love their dad. And uh, in the rest of his family, I was reminding him these things that he's got a purpose. And then I began to move into just speaking to him about that God's got a purpose for his life for such a time as this. And I called him by name. I said, man, you've been created for such a time as this. And I'm telling you what, that God is, is he's the one that breathed life into you because his desire is for you to live. 
And, 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 you know, I'm not going into all the details, but I'm telling you what, when we cut our life short, it is displeasing. And I believe it breaks God's heart because he said, listen, I've set before you life and death, choose life. And I believe that the enemy just attacks us. You know what I mean? And the enemy wins when we say, you know what, it's better if I'm just not here anymore. It's not better if you're not here anymore. Come on. God's got purpose for your life. And yes, you know, young, young woman, young man, old man, you know, old woman. Yes. Times are difficult and, and, and times can be troublesome, but I'm telling you what, Jesus is with you. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so find yourself in me is what Jesus is saying. And we're going to get through this. And I got a plan for, I'm not done with your life. You think you've messed up so bad that I can't use you. I never said that. The enemy is speaking that into your life. Jesus said, listen, I love you, man. I forgive you. Pick yourself back up. We've got work to do and you've got a family to raise and, and, and you've got, you've got people to, to love and to, and to serve. And, and, uh, and I just know this, that whenever a person can find purpose, it seems like a lot of that depression will, will lift off of their life. And, um, one of the things that, that I, I've recognized, and I want to share this with you is this, that, that, you know, since all of this COVID-19 and coronavirus has come out and all of that, it just seems like the church has increased in our service. How crazy is that? That we're serving more. I, what I see is I see we're getting creative. Come on in our in our serve. I hear of Courtney, our our children's pastor, and Jake. You know they're they're going around and they're they're dropping off. You know creative arts and crafts for people to, you know, to do with their children while they're stuck in the, in the home. I mean, they're just, we, we, we have, we've, we're mobile, man. We're getting out, even though we're, we're staying in and, and we're fighting for community. We're doing crazy things like, you know, crazy things like this, these online videos. But, but I'm just telling you this, that once again, you know, the, the church comes under pressure and all day today, you're going to see videos of services going out. Come on, tune in to some of those. And, and I'm telling you what, the church under pressure, it thrives. And I just don't want us to go back to, you know, same old, same old. Whenever we go back into the building, come on, let's take some of these things that we've learned back with us. Amen. And uh, I just love that. Solomon chapter or in the, in the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, it says this, the generous, somebody said the generous, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I'm telling you this, that whenever we begin to take care of the things that are important to God, God begins to take care of the things that are important to us. I want to end with this in the book of Numbers, and I don't have the address and it's not in your, your message notes, but I was just, I saw a post from, from a, a man that I admire and respect, uh, Pastor Hayes. And, and, uh, he was talking about in the book of Numbers, he was saying that, um, that there was a great plague. And I thought, man, how fitting, you know, we're all dealing with this, with this virus. But in the book of Numbers, there was this great plague because the disobedience of the, of the, you know, uh, of the people. And, um, and anyway, there was this great plague that was released and, and thousands of people were, were killed by this plague. And, and Moses turns to 
Aaron, he sends Aaron out with a with a uh, an incense burner, and and he takes this 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 uh, incense burner and he fills the bottom of it with hot coals, and then he puts incense. Um, on top of the hot coals, and so the incense is burning. You got that that fiery coal that's that's burning the incense. And, and Moses said, "Listen, I want you to go out in between the dead, those that have died, and and the living, those that are alive. I want you to go out in between those two and um, and purify the people, purify the people. And and if you'll study this out, those hot coals." Um, and that incense, what that represents is it, it represents worship or praise and prayer. Two powerful things. Come on. So I'm so grateful um, of all the things that our medical professionals and all of those on the front lines are doing. But I'm telling you what, it's time for the church to be the church. And uh, we can purify people by going out between the dead and the living and begin to offer up our worship to the Lord and offer up our prayer to the Lord. Come on, somebody, get excited about that. Come on, put the church under pressure. The church is going to rise up and we're going to do what we're called to do. We're called to worship the Lord and we're called to praise. Amen. Let's be the church. I want to just take a moment here today and I want to pray for you and I want to pray with you. It would be crazy for me to leave today and not give you the opportunity to know for certain that you're going to heaven. And I want to pray that if you're watching online, wherever you're watching, if you if, if you don't know if your salvation is sure and certain, I want you to know this, that you can accept Jesus Christ. Come on, he would love for you to accept him on this Sunday morning. He died on a cross so that you can live. And if you want to receive him today and secure your, you know, your, 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 your place with the Lord, then what you want to do is you just want to say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you're the only son of God manifest in the flesh. You know, I believe in you. I believe that you lived a perfect, sinless life and that you died on a cross for me. You can do that right now. God, please forgive me of my sins. That's a prayer that you would want to pray. Come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. I just want to pray for you right now. And I also want to pray for those that, you know, maybe you've been walking, you know, uh, distant from God and God's not been a priority. I want to pray for you at the same time. And you can just simply say, Lord, please forgive me. I've, I've not made you a priority and, and, and I'm going to seek you first. And God, God, anoint me and please don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. But, but Lord, I, I rededicate my life to you. So I want to pray for you right now. If you would just go ahead and put your hands up in the receiving position. Don't worry about what you look like. But if that's you, I want you to just put your hands up in the receiving position as I pray. Lord, I thank you right now for those that, that across this stream, God, have listened to your word. And the Holy Spirit has been ministering to them. And they want to receive you as Lord and Savior. God, every single one of us must come to a place of repentance saying, God, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And so, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I want you to repeat that. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I believe, God, that you are the only begotten of the Father. You're the only son of God and that you lived a perfect, sinless life and you died on a cross so that whoever would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. God, I believe that and I believe that you died for me. Please forgive me of my sins and come in 
and dwell in my life, God. My life is no longer my own, but it belongs to you. Jesus, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me an anointing, God, to do the work that you have called me to do. And, and for those that have just been distant from the Lord, we just repent. We say, God, please forgive me for pursuing other things or being prideful or, or, or just, you know, kind of putting you on the back burner. But right now, God, I just surrender my life to you and I make you number one. And, and I believe God, God, that you've forgiven me. And I pray that you give me an anointing as well to do the work that you've called me to do. I'm a servant of yours. My life is not my own, but it belongs to you, God. And I I'll do what you want me to do and say what you want me to say and go where you want me to go. God, I, I dedicate my life to you right now. And I just want to say this, church, that uh, uh, if, if you've prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you um, that it's it's very, very important that you let us know about it. And um, one way that you can let us know about it is is by, I'm going to put a number up here, text this number, 208 481-8110. And then in the body, what I want you to do is I just want you to, to mark the word saved. Now, what this is going to do, you can fill this out and it's going to give me an opportunity to stay in contact with you. I'm going to talk to you about baptism. We're going to make sure that you got a Bible. You know what I mean? I'm just going to stay in contact with you over the next several weeks and just make sure that you're you're off to a good start. But I'm just saying it doesn't matter where you are. Text this number, 208-481-8110, and just put in the in the body, just, just type in the word saved and then send it, and then follow the instructions that, uh, that come. Amen. Come on, God is good all the time, right? That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 8.45 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 6.30 p.m. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church. 